welcome to Wrestling Makes the World Takes at Sea. Be yours truly alongside the one and only AD. We're back at it, and for the first time ever, we're live, 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 baby. What's happening, sir? Live in flush. We're getting there. Yes, yes. I, anything could happen when we're live. That's like right. anything. Like I could literally like take off my clothes right now. It could be uh, flying without a safety net. I love it. Anything happened. I'm excited to see where it goes. It is. Same, same. And, um, well, we're coming off of a big weekend last week with AEW, which we'll talk about in another show. But uh, we're here live tonight because we got another big, formerly known as pay-per-view event, the premium live event, uh, one of the classics now in its 36th year. Yes. The Survivor Series annual Thanksgiving tradition is back again. This year with a little bit of a twist. We've got the War Games making an appearance. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. You know, we, for so long it's been the SmackDown versus Raw we've had for the last few years, and it's nice to see now uh, them getting a little twist because I feel like it was getting a little stale at one point. Well, that's because of what Vince was doing with it, but it's nice to see a little kind of NXT twist to, uh, to Survivor Series now, so I'm curious to see where it goes and if it stays. It is, and it uh, War Games has been around for like almost 40 years at this mm -hmm. point, getting back to like the NWA and then... Uh, into Dusty Rose actually drew up the match concept himself, and then WCW carried into their uh, their pay per view events in the fall of back in the day, and then it kind of went away for a while. Except the in, you know the in Indies would do a little bit, and then they brought it back to the NXT as a stable. But I'm really excited to get see it get a big spotlight because I just always thought it was a cool match. It's always cool to see something unique and different, like the double ring mm -hmm. and double cage. And uh, you just know something's going to go down. Oh, yeah. It's always a big rings. show. And I know it's always interesting the double rings and just the matches outside the War Games matches, too, to see what they do with the double rings uh, in those matches. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it'll be interesting for sure. So let's let's dive into it. we got a smaller card, only five matches. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing the two War Games are going to take up quite the bit. Yeah, I'm guessing they're both going to get probably at least like a 45-minute spot, I would guess. Well, they, I guess they kind of have to because it's uh, not everybody jumps in at the same time. There's times mm -hmm. and everything like that. So, usually um, events about like three hours will be about. Yeah. So. so still, even though like usually some of some of these Peacock events have been you know back in the network days they were uh, they'd still go around four hours and go really long. But uh, we'll see maybe some shenanigans. But uh, we're also in a new regime with Triple H in town now. So. Maybe not so many shenanigans. Maybe not so many shenanigans. Although I do love a good shenanigan. We've got our mascot dancing around in the back. Just possessed of it a little bit. All right, so let's break into the card. All right, Survivor Series 2022. I can't believe it's been... I remember 20 years ago, the 2002 Survivor Series, the first Elimination Chamber match. It was Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Booker T. Mm -hmm. uh, who else was in that match? I forget. Uh, there's... there's um, Shawn Michaels, Jericho, that's going to drive me nuts now. <laughs> Booker T, Triple H, RVD, um, I think Kane might have been in there. But uh, it was so much fun. I remember Madison Square Garden, Shawn Michaels, and I was just like going nuts. I was like, you know, 11, 12 years old, 13 years old, just going bonkers. I can't believe it was 20 years ago. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Life's flying by. It's flying by, yeah, that's for sure. All right, so let's, let's jump right into the card uh, for tomorrow's uh, Survivor Series premium live event. I'm not sure what the match order is going to be, but I would hope they would probably start it off with a Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. I think it would be a great way to kind of get the crowd dialed in and, and turn the volume up a little bit. I think they'll... So, you know, personally for me, I don't think that's what they do start with, but it'll be a good match. Um, you know, personally for me, I think I see AJ winning it because, you know, you just had so much of the Judgment Day winning in being in dominant fashion. So I think that... 
this is more of a long-term storytelling I think we're having happen between the club and uh, the Judgment Day. So that's why I see AJ winning this one, but it not being over between them. It's still going to carry on into something else, I think. Yeah, I... I know there's a lot there's a lot of ways they could do it because they have a history going back to the Bullet Club, which they're mm -hmm. sort of acknowledging that history now a little bit with the Triple H era. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. I always thought they would get back together at some point and have and, Finn and AJ and the Good Brothers. Like, and you know, maybe that's their end game with this story, but then you always have the wrinkle of what happens with Edge in this whole thing as well because we still haven't revisited that since uh, they had the I Quit match. Yeah. So I think they'll revisit that at some point. So I don't think it's going to lead to Finn joining the club yet because they still have to address that edge piece with the Judgment Day. It could, and then it sets up uh, maybe uh, Finn Balor versus Edge and WrestleMania or something. So this is the time of year that gets really interesting because it's it's the time of year when we start to see little like hints and nuggets mm -hmm. planned for WrestleMania season, like the one year they were doing at WrestleMania uh, in New York a couple of years ago where it was uh, Becky and Charlotte and Ronda yep. in the uh, main event. It was that Survivor Series where Charlotte just went off the chair and sort of smashed yep, it. I remember that. And kind of started laying the groundwork a little bit. The 2014 Survivor Series, Triple H and, and his regime were running rampant and you had Sting make his big debut to set up that match. Yeah, that's one of my favorite, I think, uh, Survivor Series matches because, you know, it, it put Dolph Ziggler over so much, too, with that run he went on against the authority in that match, too. That is. And I saw a good uh, poll question on Twitter that somebody put out, and it was, well, who's a big star? Who's a star that you wish became more of a star over the years? Dolph and Ziggler's up there on the list, he's I think, up, for me. He's up there, and he had a title run, but he never had, like, the... Yeah, big mania run like yeah. Kofi Kingston. Man, that run a few years ago, he just delivered all these great matches, you know, and just nothing to show for it. And the fans were behind him; and they just kept ignoring him. Um, I think now he would have actually gotten that attention if that run with the fans had happened these days. Yeah, and just um, and he's got a couple of years on him now, so mm -hmm. I don't know if they're gonna go that route. But he's a guy that. Night in and night out, we'll put on a, a clinic. With yep. It. And really any, make anybody look good and great on the mic. And, you know, I just always thought, you know, you know, the Z-Man would have got a little more... Uh, Even more of like a better run as like an Intercontinental Champion or United States Champion. Give him a legit run where they make him seem like he's a top guy. I think he could use another one of those even. He could. I mean, I hope they're not going to make him into... Uh, like a journeyman type guy where he just is here to kind of put mm -hmm. other guys over now. Mm -hmm. uh, and something I was kind of nervous about with AJ Styles at this point, is like are they keeping him around yeah. just to put over young guys. It could be, but you know, he's such a good worker. You know, I and he's so over with the fans. I think there's they have no choice but to eventually give him another run. Probably not yet as a champion because there's other things they probably want to address first. But I could see eventually, maybe you know, in the next year, you know, once the other guys have had their run, uh, maybe he's a contender for Money in the Bank as well if they keep that going. It's possible for him. Or you can have, I, I think maybe Finn or AJ could take money in the bank this year. Could. Yeah, you know, I can see that. Because you have Finn who never got the run he deserved because he got injured right away when he won. Then you have AJ, you know, who's been, was a great fighting champion, you know, and it could be his one last run before he rides off into the sunset because as we know, he's getting on the older side now. Yeah, and I think, I forget if he said somewhere on the internet that, in an interview, that this contract is, is going to be his last yep. contract as a full-time performer. Yeah. Um, who knows? Sometimes they'll come back with a bigger, you know, 
blank check and say, what do you say, another couple of years? But I don't know if he's that type of guy. He could do a part-time schedule, but... I could see him, and I would actually love for him to become a coach in NXT. I think he could really do wonders for some of the young kids. Oh, yeah, because his in-ring work is phenomenal, just like his nickname. For Stellar, too. And he's also a really... I mean, I hear, I don't know him personally. Yeah. He's a really stand-up guy, too, so Mm -hmm. he could help, like... Just from a mentorship standpoint, yeah. with some of these, these he's a very people. angry gamer, though. That's he's, what I hear. Yeah. His trademark is smashing controllers. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't know that about. Yeah, him. on uh, up, up, down, down with Xavier Woods, his trademark is smashing controllers when he gets angry. That's interesting because they say he never curses. Like he will never utter a curse word ever. I don't think I've heard him curse. He just gets really angry, and you know, the controller goes. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Okay, but. Another good point you brought up is, and I'm shocked that Finn Balor never got, never recovered from that 2016 SummerSlam nope. injury. That he's still looking for redemption after that, after all these years. Six yep. years going on seven years later. He came in from NXT like this super hot guy. Vin actually, Vince actually like gave him a push, and then you know once he came back, Vince was like, ah, this guy, he's not important anymore. I don't know what it is because yeah. I remember, like he was gone until what WrestleMania the following year, the night after he came back mm-hmm. from the brawl yep. after. Yep. I was like, oh, all right, they're gonna pick up right where. Yeah, because I remember him. everyone was wondering all the way up, is Finn gonna be at Mania? Is Finn gonna be at Mania? Then he ever was, and then the next night he showed up. And it's just a shame because he was so he had that 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 aura about him that mm-hmm. especially that de- that demon aura. He just doesn't have it anymore because he's just out there like a regular guy now. Yep, but. Um, yeah, I, w- I, w- I wish we could have seen that run, just to see what it was like. That, that mm-hmm. first run where he was the, the Demon Finn, the universe, the first Universal Champion, to see yep. where that could have went. Yep, and he's not your typical big guy, too, so it would have been nice to uh, see the matchups we could have had with that title run. Uh, the only thing is maybe at that time he wasn't as polished on the mic, I would say, when he had that run initially. It's just his in-ring work was very phenomenal. Um but I think now on the mic, he's really come on to his own. So I think he'd have an even better run now as champion than he would have back then. Yeah, but you know what? Like, they don't do this a whole lot anymore other than, like, the bloodline. But, you know, the guys that can't, maybe aren't polished on the mic, get a manager for them. Yeah. Somebody that can. They can back him up and he doesn't have to yeah. say a word. But now I don't think he needs one because he is the main mouthpiece, I would say, for the Judgment Day. It's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I'll be his manager. <laughs> I don't think like, you. Would, hey. I don't think you would intimidate anybody if you were someone's mouthpiece. I'm gonna unleash the demon. Look you'd, out! You'd ask him to cuddle and have a steak, and that's. I, I could, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then that's that's my my thing is I I, I I nurture them. I get them all excited to hang out with me, and then they get a chair shot to the back of the head. Oh man, that's kind of the. I kind of like psychologically. I, I think um, it only work one time though. Maybe like might. a one month deal. And then that's it. Everyone know you're full of crap. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, let's be best friends. And then, bam, <laughs> right in the back of the head. That's it. Um, so, final answer. Who are you picking, Finn or AJ? I'm picking AJ. I'm going to pick Finn Balor on this one. So I mean, I can't disagree with you. I... I'll split it and we'll see yeah. what happens. Um, so, let's go over to the ladies. We've got another big matchup here. Mm-hmm. Which I think this would probably be second or third. Would you, would you call it a big <laughs> this goes back to Aura a little bit. We were talking mm-hmm. about Aura. This seems to be the, the theme here of the, yep. the show so far. 
Uh, Ronda Rousey, when she came in, she had like an aura about her that she was this uh-huh. big kind of star, crossover yeah. star. And when she was out to perform, it was like a big deal. Uh-huh. And I just don't feel like that's the case anymore. No, I don't. I don't feel that way either. Do you I think feel, I don't feel much of an aura? I mean, it seems like her whole new thing is like she's mentoring Shayna to turn Shayna back into a badass. And I think the eventual plan is probably it's going to be. Shayna turns on Ronda, and Shayna's the one that takes the belt off Ronda eventually. It'll be a good Mania match. Yeah, I think Shayna's harnessing what Ronda's teaching her to become more aggressive, and she's going to be the one that takes it off Ronda. So everything that happens until then is pretty much irrelevant for whoever Ronda faces. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I expect her to run through Shotzi, and then... Uh, yeah. But I do... I didn't think of that, but I do like that, because mm-hmm. there's some history there. They both go back to the MMA together. Yep. And they have a long-standing friendship. And if that friendship were to just crumble... Oh, yeah. Over greed, mm-hmm. titles, yeah. emotions, yep. and all setting up for one big clash at uh, SoFi Stadium yep. this spring. Because, you know, if they're fighters, the end game for fighters is to win championships, so that could be their angle there. Could be. And they just strangle the hell out of mm-hmm. each other. But that... This match was just too easy to pick, I would say. Yeah, this is just... Uh, checking the box mm-hmm. uh, to get somewhere but we'll see maybe it lays the groundwork for something to come it's possibly and because otherwise you know i don't see a reason why this match is even on the card i would say no offense to them either of them but yeah there's just not much to it and there's there's no substance or anything it's kind of like the old school vince let's throw a match on the card just because it could be it could. but i'll be curious to see what happens maybe we get some kind of Something doesn't go right, like right the whole time, mm-hmm. and then so you start to see a little bit of a some tension yep. between Ronda, Ronda, and, and Sh- Shayna. Mm-hmm. It's, po- it's possible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go over to the triple threat match. Um, this one is interesting. Seth, Theory, Lashley. What do we think? I'm interested in this match just because, you know, we've been seeing lately since Theory lost that money in the bank, that new kind of edge we've been looking for from him. Talk to me about that, your thoughts on that whole, the way it went down, and the way it's kind of pivoted since then. Well, obviously we've talked about previous episode, the way it went down was the barrier of the century, but, you know, it's nice to see it was with a purpose, kind of, because I think they kind of realized that the Theory gimmick wasn't working and needed something and i'm glad they identified that and are doing something about it because you know the theory the camera thing just wasn't it so it's nice to see theory with that edge on him now and he's not worried about that camera and selfie anymore uh so i'm kind of enjoying the new theory versus what we had before um i don't think he wins it yet because you know i think it's a little too early for him i think they need to develop the character a little more before you slap the title onto him um and seth just won the belt not that long ago and you don't want to you know decredit what seth is uh, capable of doing as a champion as well because their whole big push has been let's legitimize our uh, secondary titles and seth's a good person to do that and i think there's just a nice good triple threat match to keep helping seth legitimize it um, and every time Seth's in a triple threat match for uh, a secondary card title, it's usually a major hit of a match. Going back to WrestleMania, uh, in his triple threat match, it was the, probably the match of the night on that, car, on that card itself. So I expect good things from this one as well. For sure, I agree. 
So the only challenge I have with this is, well, first of all, just to back up a little bit, I love what they did with Dawson Theory since the, the bury of the century. I thought, mm -hmm. all right, he pissed somebody off backstage. They're just going to bury him, and he's going to end up on the main event tapings mm -hmm. after this. But yeah. no, they actually, like you said, with the purpose, and they've kind of reinvented the Austin Theory character and uh, where they're, um, you know, they're, 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 they have plans for him. They have something planned for him. So. Something's cooking. Something is cooking indeed. Um, so the challenge is somebody has to get pinned to this match. And it's it's going to damage somebody to get pinned. Who is the person that gets pinned? I agree. I'm Keeping gonna... Seth Rollins a champ for a while. Is I'm going to say it's going to be Lashley. You think Lashley is going to take the heat for it? Mm -hmm. Although they've been trying to get a little edge on Lashley as well recently since losing the title. But I think, you know, the focus needs to be on the younger guy. And, you know, you don't want to in this rebuild phase of theory, knock him right back down right away, unless the purpose is they have theory take the pin and it only further, you know, enrages him and develops the character more. But I'm going to say Lashley as my guess. I don't think Lashley. I think they're going to set up some other kind of big match for Lashley with his Brock Lesnar again or something. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to have him take the pin. I don't think Seth does it. I think it's going to be... Theory taking the pin from Seth in some kind of schmaz finish or something like that. Some kind okay. of shenanigans are going to happen. A little roll-up. A little roll-up, maybe mm -hmm. feet on the ropes, yep. grabbing the trunks, you know, something of that nature. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of furthers that story a little bit to where eventually mm -hmm. Theory will get the big payoff as Which, the champ. See, I don't know. I think a lot of rumors, you know, still point to possibly Cena and Theory. At Mania, because I had that thing a while ago on uh, social media. So I could see that pointing to that as well, because, you know, you need your natural face heel. Could go that way as well. Um, but, yeah, who, who knows? Well, we've got a lot of time till Mania, so maybe it sets him up the Rumble. Yep. Um, I'd be curious to see how they get to Cena, in theory. I mean, they probably just... They always have a way. They always have a way. I mean, somehow we got to Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin when Stone Cold Steve Austin were on TV for it felt like a couple of years at that point. Yeah. Um, aside from like an a, a appearance here and there, but um, and somehow we got Goldberg as champion going the Mania out of nowhere over Bray Wyatt too. Agreed. So let's let's pause there a little bit because I'll have a little fun. The, the rumor on the street is that Stone Cold Steve Austin had so much fun last year mm -hmm. that he wants to come back and do it again. And we saw footage of him training his ass off, it looks like, on social media. And what could be to get back in the ring again? I don't know, because he claimed it's not that. So I don't know. I don't know if he's surprise. just messing around. But I don't but why know. would he film it like that? Yeah. He was literally filming him yeah. doing squats. But the only thing is, who would he face? Uh, I mean, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about it, and somebody was saying, oh, you could put him with another big star. Like, I think it's it wonders for Kevin Owens. I think you put him with another young guy. Yeah. And kind of get the raw ball on a young guy a little bit. I mean, I enjoyed the Kevin Owens one. I just don't yet know where they would go with it. Uh, who they would even have him face, honestly. Just thinking off the top of my head. I mean, they could... Another option, even too, say Cena angles work is theory because they had uh, Mania as well with that, where he took a stunner. Could, yeah. We got some time. Time yeah. to tell. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna go with. I think we're both unanimous. We're going with Seth Rollins. Yep. 
the U.S. title. Uh, and that sets us up for uh, the two, the double main event, the women's and men's war games. So starting with the women's war games match, we saw the return of the one and only uh, man herself, Becky Lynch, uh, is the fifth member. So uh, what are you, give me your thoughts on the women's war games match. I'm going to go with uh, Team Bianca in this one over Team Damage Control. Um, I think the whole focus on this is still the Bianca Bailey piece, where eventually I still think Bailey's going to take the title. But throwing Becky in is an interesting little wrench into the whole thing because you know where does Becky fall into this whole story? Um, does she try and check herself into the title picture, or does she have a secondary feud with someone else? Which you know I'd kind of be curious in a secondary feud because Becky's been in the title picture for so long. It's time to let other people shine. Um, the only thing that I kind of don't like, though, as well as with Becky being the match, is Bianca, you know, is not kind of the centerpiece of her team now, it seems like. It seems like it's Becky and not her, even though it's Bianca's team. Because um, I feel like lately Bianca's kind of been losing some steam as champion. Like, she hasn't been the focal point recently as much, you know. Because um, with her feud with Bailey. Bailey's been more so the focal point than you, not Bianca, and then now with Becky coming in, she once again not the focal point of a big match. Yeah, I agree. It's tough when you bring back a big star like Becky Lynch because it does. Uh, while it is a, a, a nice added element to the match, but it does mm -hmm. take off of the team captain. Now Bianca's not the forefront anymore. Everybody's yep. all eyes are Becky at this point. So I, I agree. I, I think team. Bianca uh, will come out victorious and um, you know, we'll go from there and see what happens and we lay the groundworks for uh, you know, hopefully a, a solid rumble and mania feud uh, coming out of it. So do you see, do you see, do you think this lays the groundworks for a potential uh, Sasha return? Uh, I'm going to say no. I think Bianca's going um, if it were to happen, I would say she comes back this weekend. If not, I have no idea when it would be for WWE if she, that's where she's going back. It could always be the Rumble if she comes back in the Rumble. Yeah. That's a surprise. I'm yeah. Sorry. But she's had that whole thing about that date she's been waiting for, you know, trying to enjoy the month of November. So that makes you think something's coming soon based off of that and not all the way until January. Well, we've heard rumors that that day could have just been when her contract runs out. And we didn't see her show up mm -hmm. on AEW yeah. programming. We were at full gear. Mm -hmm. We didn't see her she didn't show up there. And she didn't show up at Dynamite in Boston. So uh, I, I think that's kind of off the table right now. I just I don't see her going there. Yeah. I just don't know where, where it, or when. She goes back to for a little bit. You know, so she's got some, some opportunities there. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, sure. Um, so, moving on to the main event of the evening. I'm excited for this one. I think it should be an arm burner. We've got the Bloodline uh, back in action uh, against the uh, Brawling Brutes. What do we think? Give me your thoughts. Walk me through uh, a little bit. This one I've still been thinking about a lot, especially after tonight where we had that little distension uh, in the bloodline where Sami Zayn kind of cost the bloodline the loss and lost the advantage for the War Games match. Um, personally, I think you're going to have the bloodline win just because 
of Roman because Roman hasn't lost in so long. I don't see Roman having a loss, even though he would not absolutely not be the one taking the pin in this. Um, that's why I just think that's going to be the case for Bloodline wins, just because the fact is they want to make Roman continue to be that top guy. I don't think it's time to start showing his demise, although I think you could start seeing some wrinkles up a little more than we've had besides uh, we've had the Jey Uso ones, but I think you can start to see other layers start to develop in this war games match, but I think they still at the end come together and win, but I think it's leading to as you go past this, you start to see, you know, the crumbling start to slowly happen. Yeah, I, it's been how many days since he's been pinned? We, we know it's been two and a half days. It's been over about a thousand some days. I think it's since he's been pinned. Yep. It's, he's held the title, I mean, obviously, what, almost two and a half years. Yep, it's over 800 days is right now, yeah. So, I, I, at this, they've made it to, like, if he's gonna get pinned, even pinned at this mm -hmm. point, and lose, it's going, to, it's gotta be a big deal. It can't oh, just let yeah. it happen for a random reason, you will ruin this entire thing if you mess this up. Mm -hmm. um, this is a very important, it's crunch time for Triple H here. Yep. He's, he was kind of gifted, and it's a blessing and a curse, this kind of long extended reign of Roman Reigns the last two years being mm -hmm. the other speed of world champ not even pinned for the last two years. So it's you gotta be very careful with that mm -hmm. because this could be either the greatest thing ever or it could be a real black mark on his uh, resume yeah. as uh, chief content officer and lead booker. And I think even as a whole, with this War Games pay-per-view, there's a lot of pressure on him because it's something newer they're bringing to the main roster. You know, it had been on NXT exclusively uh, in the recent years, so I think there's a lot of pressure on him to deliver with it on the main roster, too. So I think it's a big, a big event for him, um, and I think it's going to really show you where his regime is going to be heading towards. Nice little sneak peek, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big Mania season mm -hmm. based on what we're hearing from rumors. We've yep. got Cody Rhodes theoretically coming back. Mm -hmm. We've we've got rumors of potentially The Rock coming back. We've yep. got rumors of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back. Mm -hmm. We've got rumors of John Cena coming back. If they were able to assemble this mega card with all those stars, yep. And you've got Roman on the hottest run he's ever had in his life. Oh yeah, and one of the greatest of all time at this point. That this could be one of the biggest manias of all time. Yeah, it absolutely could. My only thing is I wish it was still one night because for me personally, I think the two-night thing has kind of taken away from the mystique of WrestleMania um, because, you know, when it was that one night, it felt like such a big deal. You had to stop what you were doing to watch it, but now it's like two nights. Like, ah, if I missed the first night, I'll catch the second one. Like, it's, I feel like it's not as much must-watch since it's two nights now. Yeah, I agree, and we're in the streaming era to where everybody's yeah. got access to Peacock for mm -hmm. five bucks, ten bucks, and you can just watch it on demand, little by little, yeah. whatever you can. I mean, I did that last year because I had yeah. we, I was in the hospital with my wife, like, giving birth to our second child, so we um, it was not available. Yeah, and I think watch. another thing too is like and I just know, watched a piecemeal kind of yeah. like I watched a match here and there, and I caught it's, myself. It's over tough to get people to commit two weekend nights in a row to just sitting there and watching. You know, I think that's why it's easier the blueprint of doing the one big night because then you get the commitment of you know everyone's there that one night, and I think it would 
naturally have higher viewership whereas you know where you have this two night event people like each night's viewership number will probably be a little lower i would think yeah and i agree it's, it's like all right is the first night the last match in the first night considered a main event yep or yeah know, even just... as a whole with the cards like I don't know if it's going to be different edition with Triple H in charge, but with Vince in charge, like, the WrestleMania matches, like, some of the nights, I'm like, I feel like it's just matches just thrown on there to fill out the nights. Like, there was some things that just, I had no interest in, honestly. Um, besides, like, you know, the upper match card events, like, your main event for titles, besides that, I was not much interest in some of the stuff. So, that's why I think... I like the one night too because I feel like you know they're overdoing it, like shoving too many matches down your throat. Because you know, we talked about Triple H's big thing is storytelling, you know, getting this long term storytelling, and it's hard to have that much long term storytelling or any storytelling with all these matches they have to throw onto two nights. You know, I feel like some stories these days on Mania the two night aren't getting the time it needs to make it onto that card, and because you know when you go to Mania usually that's the culmination of the storyline and where they all end, um, not too many usually carry over. No, I agree. And you know what? It's not about we have to, let's try to cram the entire roster on a card. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to do that, just have the Battle Royal, yep. Andre the Giant Battle Royal, throw everybody else in there. Yep. Whoever couldn't fit into a match that made sense. Mm -hmm. But I agree, just having a match to have a match, you know, I... I I'd rather them strip it down in one night and have a solid 10-match card that's four hours yep. and have every one of those 10 matches mean something. Exactly. And especially, you know, having these big stadiums uh, for these events, too, like doing it back-to-back -back nights, like, I feel like doesn't make it having at the big stadium as meaningful as well. Well, to counter from a business standpoint, I can tell well, you what is money. Money-wise, yes, but I'm talking, you know, the Mystica WrestleMania having at a big stadium. Like, maybe it'd be cool if they did it at two different venues. That is interesting. That is really interesting. So night one would be here, night two is there, so that way it's not like, okay, now we're just walk back in the same stadium I was at last night for the fans who go back-to-back -back nights. Like, it'd be cool if, like, maybe, you know, your night one is in L.A., then night two you're, like, maybe... You know, somewhere else, maybe you're in, like, New York City at MetLife Stadium, like... That's you know. really interesting. That will be interesting, because you almost guarantee sell both of them out, because mm -hmm. it's the one single opportunity. The only challenge with that is, from a business standpoint, to rent two stadiums and set up the, the level of production they oh, have, yeah. the stages that would be extremely expensive mm -hmm. to do two of those at the same time. But it could be worth it. It could it could. Yeah, just the extra setup would probably be the most expensive piece of it. Yeah, because I think somewhere... Because either way, they're paying the rental fee of the stadium regardless for two nights. Yeah, I mean, at that point, they're set up a week in advance. So to turn the lights on for another night, mm -hmm. uh, it's probably pretty cost-efficient yeah. to do that. But obviously, my optimal uh, for me would be just go back to one night. Uh, I yeah, I think one night is solid, but I think I think that's the only thing I dislike out of the COVID era in wrestling, is how they went to two nights in Mania. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna do it just because. Well, they just see the, the they see the, the money now. Yeah, they see the money rolling in. So I don't. I mean, I don't blame them for not going away from it because they're still gonna you know, two nights of giant stadium gates. Like who wouldn't pass that up? But you know. Yeah, I mean, the first year they did it, it was obviously there was no crowds, there was no revenue. Mm -hmm. The second 
The second year made sense uh, in in Tampa because you had very limited capacity. You only had what twenty five thousand people yep. out of the building. So all right, if we do two nights, it's fifty thousand. Yep. Uh, and I think they had about fifty thousand per night at Dallas last year. Yeah. So, but I think SoFi they're already expecting to fully that's, sell out both nights. So you're looking at two hundred thousand tickets. Yeah. I think I think I saw some report they're already like. I could be wrong. Yeah, hundred thousand seat stadium. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's going to be some huge revenue numbers. And you know, our uh, friend Nick Khan, uh, that's all he's he's all about the Benjamins. On. Yeah, absolutely. So, which I'm surprised because his I get they're they're doing less pay per views now. Yeah, so I would think that by doing more of them. Well, see, I don't know because I mean, yes, you have your gate. That you bring in from the pay-per-views, but it's not like they're getting extra money out of running them because it's just a premium line event. Right. Like, you're, it's just, you know, your subscription and you're getting it. You know, I think that's why it's not as big of a deal because they could just still run their normal shows. I mean, yeah, they'll probably lose a little bit because, you know, they're not having that big weekend show they were having every month. But I think in the scheme of things, they're worried, they're starting to worry more about the quality of what they're putting out versus the quantity. Yeah, I think you're right, and I don't know what the terms of the deal are with Peacock, but I think they probably, if I had to guess, they're probably getting a flat rate. Yep. Whatever. So it's not like back in the pay-per-view days, the more pay-per-views we do, the mm -hmm. more opportunity to like sell more and yep. get revenue, but I think if they put on a pay-per-view every weekend, I think it's probably the same flat rate from in terms of from NBC Universal. I'm sure in the contract it was like, well, you got to do a minimum of... 10 pay-per-view event, premium live events a year or something like that. Oh, yeah, they can easily get that 10, even if they cut it down. I mean, I, I'm all for doing less is more, because yep. like you see on AEW, like, when their quarterly pay-per-view comes around, I get excited. I get, like, yep. and it's a one night, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm like, thinking about it all day. It's like, most right. of their things have a story to it. You, like, you'll have a, like, match or two that don't have too much of a story to it, but most of the things on there were storylines that have been going on for, like, two months at least. No, I agree. I agree. Um... So we'll see where they go next year with it. But I think it does make sense because, you know, to rent the building and then the production and all that, the whole, the craft to, uh, you know, the staging and the ring and the lighting rig and all that to, like, yeah, yeah. a city after city. The ticket sales, the get out of it is probably going to break even or maybe yep. make a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I guess let's just do less and less is more in some cases. Yeah. So um, it's, it's interesting. Survivor Series is always one of the, like, the... Royal Rumble is technically like the start of the WrestleMania season, I feel like, but this is like the unofficial start. Because just in some cases, you'll start to see uh, them plant the seeds for yeah. and some now things that will happen. This might be the, as now we know of, the last pay per view before the Royal Rumble as well. Which I'm excited for. I'm excited about that because I love the Royal Rumble, and now, like, between two, well, two months to kind of really get excited about it. Yep. Um, so it'll make it feel like even even more of a bigger deal. And I think they already sold out the Alamo Dome for that. So, yeah. um, Especially since one of their big uh, big four pay-per-views. Yeah. So what do you think? Are you going to go home, quote-unquote, go home happy after uh, um, Survivor Series? Do you think it's going to be a good show? Or do you think it's going to be leave us wanting more? Or do you think it's going to be kind of eh? I think it'll be a good show. Um, the start of it might be eh. But I think, you know, the War Games matches are what's really going to drive and bring it home. I think that's the reason anyone's even watching is just for those two matches. The other stuff's just, 
you know, there, so you have more than just two matches to watch. But I think, you know, the Finn-AJ will be a good match, and the Triple Threat will be a good match, and then the Ronda Shotzi, like we've talked about, it's just kind of there. But, you know, I think people are just there for the War Games matches. Yeah, I mean, the car is okay. The War Games match is fun, but I think mm -hmm. if with it being one of the big four pay-per-views, or big five, if you want to count with Money in the Bank, mm -hmm. I feel like it's a little lackluster, the card, or the undercard, at least, where they could have mm -hmm. added... Yeah. You know, maybe a Gunther but, title match, or uh, having Bray Wyatt in, yeah. in his first match back from his absence, or something like that. A little extra special. Yeah, which yeah. plus I wonder when Bray's match is going to happen at this point. Well, I mean, they're teasing him versus L.A. Knight at this point. He's in a feud with that. So I thought we would have saw it here. And I thought yep. the initial plan was, all right, he's going to run through L.A. Knight and set up to the next thing. Yep. But um, time will tell. Time will tell indeed. We'll see. We'll have to keep uh, keep scanning QR codes and listening mm -hmm. to psychiatrists on a, a voicemail or whatever oh, yeah. we have to do to see uh, <laughs> what's in store for our friend Bray Wyatt. Yep, absolutely. Um, but uh, we hope you all enjoy the show tomorrow. Uh, certainly we will. Um, but uh, get at us on Twitter, at uh, Wrestling Makes, and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And from time to time, uh, pending technical... Uh, <laughs> Technical, uh, you know, logistics. Uh, hopefully, we get to do more of these live editions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but for uh, me and uh, my partner here, we're out of time. So I'm CB, and I'm AD. So we'll see you next time on Wrestling Makes the World Takes. See you, everyone. See you, folks. Yeah.